The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders and how to take your company, your firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track and making sure you don't get sidetracked. Let's start with a Smart Moves quote from Nolan Bushnell, who has started more than 20 companies, including Atari, as well as Chuck E. Cheese Pizza. He said, the crucial ingredient for success is getting off your butt and doing something. It's as simple as that. A lot of people have ideas, but there are few who decide to do something about them now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. The true entrepreneur is a doer, not a dreamer. So listeners, are you a true entrepreneur? You'll find out from my guest today, Lynn O'Neill, a former corporate executive turned entrepreneur who also teaches entrepreneurs and speaks about the myths and the realities of entrepreneurship. Her talents stem from practical advice and, and experience gained while vice president of in-flight service and corporate officer for Continental Airlines, as well as the founder of her own consulting firm. To be or not to be an entrepreneur, that's the question. Lynn will help you answer that question as well as help you find out if you pass the true entrepreneur profile. Welcome, Lynn. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Marcia. I'm excited to be with you. Well, let's get right to it uh, because our listeners, one of the main questions our listeners want an answer to is, how do you know if you are an entrepreneur? Well, and that's a good one, because I think almost all people in this country, at least, and in the Western world, really dream of, of owning their own business, but some are more suited to it than others. And just a kind of quick rule of thumb uh, to tell us whether or not you're an entrepreneur has to do with how much you like newness, so how much you like change, because if you want to kill an entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial spirit, one of the ways to do that is to have them do repetitive work. And repetition is almost unbearable for entrepreneurs. And I will say, too, that, that another test, I, th- I think it, it's less significant than the one I just mentioned, but it has to do with risk tolerance 
because successful entrepreneurs have a higher than average risk tolerance as well. Well, you know, um, you, you you probably explained with your first one. Um, I'm your 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 typical example because I hate doing <laughs> repetitive work. I have to I have to really uh, force myself to do it. Um, and yes, I like a lot of variety, a lot of change, and I think most entrepreneurs are like that as well. Um, so um, you know, uh, so I, let's go to that next next uh, question. Uh, because I'm fascinated by it, which is, what is the entrepreneur disease? Oh, uh, actually, that, yes. is, that is so real. When I talk about this, I call myself Dr. O'Neill because it's <laughs> a diagnostician's delight. Um, there really are two parts to an entrepreneurial disease. The first one, and probably the more pronounced of the two, is a failure to delegate or to outsource. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really hard because I've been an entrepreneur myself for 20-some ideas, as well as that corporate career you mentioned. And the thing about being an entrepreneur is you just about give birth to these businesses and with all that that implies. So the fact of the matter is we like to keep our arms around the business, and that prevents us from scaling. So entrepreneurs a lot of times find themselves really in a dilemma. And the ideal resolution of that for most of us is to delegate or to outsource. And I will tell you that that is particularly predominant in the HR arena. Unless an entrepreneur is offering an HR product or comes out of an HR organization, that is a really slippery slope. And my recommendation for virtually all of the entrepreneurs I coach is to to have them outsource that function. I'm happy to recommend people for them. I just, unless you're an expert at it, it can trip you up, and it can take every cent you've ever made. Well, I, I would think there are other functions that can be that should be looked at to outsource. For example, legal. Um, am I correct on that? Absolutely, absolutely. And and the, lots of times the financial aspects. You know, as long as you can develop good relationships with the the people you're outsourcing to or delegating to, either way. As Mm -hmm. long as you have good relationships and the expectations are clear, then you're fine. You don't have to keep that, uh, keep your arms around that. It's hard, though. It's easy to say. Most entrepreneurs find it really difficult to do. Um, So what can help them? What advice do you have to help them to start letting go? Well, you know, thinking to the Nolan Bushnell quote that you just used, uh, and I disagree with the part of it, by the way, but I'll come back to that. <laughs> one of the things is that that it's the doing. Um, it's just like when you start an entrepreneurial venture, it's like stepping off a cliff in, in many instances, if not all. Mm-hmm. And, and outsourcing is like that, too. Um, what will drive it, and this is where I disagree with Bush now, because he said that entrepreneurs need to be doers and not dreamers. I believe they must be both. Uh-huh. And, and, and if you have a dreamer without the doing, though, then it's, it, it is just that. It's a dream, and nothing much happens. So you need both of those components. And the doing part, just making up your mind that you're going to find somebody you trust with talent and, and delegate or outsource some of these, the areas where you do not have expertise. And also the areas that are peripheral to whatever your main service or product offering is. And that's how, that's how I sort them out. And, again, I, I understand the difficulty of letting go. For most people, 
once that has been accomplished, if they have chosen wisely to the people mm-hmm. they're outsourcing mm-hmm. to and or delegating to, I'll tell you, it is such a relief. It's palpable. And I think you, you brought up a very good point because you have to trust the person. You have to choose. Trust, first of all, you have to uh, uh, choose wisely, and you have to trust that person. And a lot of times, uh, especially startups, they don't have enough, a lot of money for this. Um, how do they deal with that? How do they find the person they trust wisely and, and then let go? Well, it's sort of like, and it's a great question, and it's, it's, it's rather like the selection process in general. Um, you'd look for someone who works with small business. They understand more than likely small business cash flow and small business cash reserves. And so you want to find someone who, um, actually, when I look to outsource, I typically look to small business owners because we're all simpatico. We understand the challenges each other faces. And um, I find that the knowledge is very helpful, but the understanding. So if I'm waiting on a check, a big check to come in, and I say, you know, I can pay you in, in 10 days, many times there's an understanding there of that. And if we forged a good enough relationship, then that will work. So I interview. And I just want to say one thing about the outsourcing thing, too, and with apologies to any of the listeners who may be CPAs, one of the real mistakes that I believe a number of entrepreneurs make is when they outsource, they kind of abdicate, and that is especially pronounced, in, in my experience, with their CPAs uh, that they have selected mm-hmm. because they rely on them basically to make the business decisions. And I'm very fond of saying, you know, it is not that CPA's business, it is yours. And CPAs basically are there to help us with taxes and, and the related um, issues, not to do the business guides. Entrepreneurs must remember, I believe, that the business is theirs. They are the final source. They have the veto power. They also have the scaling power. Well, you know, when we asked, I asked that question, what is the entrepreneurial disease? You said there's actually two, and we just covered quite a, quite a bit the fa- failure to delegate and outsource, but you said there's a second one, and which, what is that? Well, it is, and it's kind of related to the CPA issue. Uh, for me, there are four parts to it. One is understanding financials. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us go into business as entrepreneurs because we're entrepreneurs because we love what, what our product or service is. And the financials kind of trail along behind. It is so important to understand those and to have a good financial dashboard. And there is just a ton of information on the web. If, if an entrepreneur will devote one evening, they can really get a good handle on what's involved in their financials. There are six ratios that every entrepreneur should know. It, it just is huge. And every entrepreneur, in my opinion, should be intimately familiar with, with three pieces of paper that come off their books. One is their P&L, which is sometimes called an income statement. One is their balance sheet, which is one their banker is looking at. And the other one is their cash flow analysis, which tells them whether or not they're going to be able to stay in business. So the financials are one aspect. The second one is setting goals. Mm. And, you know, this is... Um, I, I'm not sure that in our educational systems we do enough in this area to prepare people both internal to large corporations and certainly in entrepreneurial ventures. But learning how to set goals, because 
Most people, if you ask them what the major challenge in their business is, they will tell you communication. And communication, the root cause when that's a problem, has to do with how the goals are set and distributed or delivered or conveyed to those who are responsible for their realization. So financials is one. Goal setting is two. The third one is employee engagement. And I'll tell you, this is something that I have a lot of entrepreneurs say to me, oh, Lynn, you know, that's, that's big company stuff. I don't, I don't need that. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is so expensive to replace talented employees, no matter what kind of business you have. And so engaging employees in the business, in its upsides as well as its downsides, is just critical to success. And then, of course, the fourth is customers. And mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you, when I teach these classes for entrepreneurs, there's one class where they must go and interview three competitors. Now, they can shop them. Like, they get on the phone and say, you know, I'm interested in your product. They can certainly study their websites. They can do that. But I require that they do a very, very thorough analysis of their entrepreneurial competitors and, and then take that and take the best of that and then go to their customers and ask their customers, what part of what they've researched is what they want. So the customer, the, the whole customer satisfaction piece, and that is tied in my mind very closely to analyzing competitors, that whole piece is the fourth area. So financials, goal setting, employee engagement, and customer satisfaction slash competitive analysis, those are the things that to me are just huge. And I call them the entrepreneurial business basics. They're actually business basics whether you're in the largest Fortune 100 or you're in a one-person solopreneurship, those have to be done for success to, to come the entrepreneur's way. Well, you know, this, this is a great time for a break because we, you gave us so much great information about uh, the, the entrepreneurial disease. So um, let's take a break. Uh, this is Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's business channel. When we return, my guest Lynn O'Neill will continue talking about what it takes to be an entrepreneur and how to be successful. So stay tuned. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. 
Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome. This is Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is uh, Lynn O'Neill, and uh, she is talking about and giving insights into being a successful entrepreneur. Well, Lynn, um, when we uh, the, in the, during the last segment, you talked very gave a very good overview of uh, the entrepreneurial disease, and you talked about failure to delegate and then failure to learn the business basics. And with the business basics, there were four that you pointed out. But I but. I think one of them is probably the most important that entrepreneurs need to focus on, and that is the financials. And for many of us, that is not what we want to do because we're more interested in uh, doing our thing, what comes what comes naturally to us. So can you talk a little more about the financials? I absolutely can, and you are right on the money. It is it Not to understand the financials of a business is to absolutely – predict its death, in my opinion. And there are six ratios that are really important, and these can certainly be researched on the web. One is a current ratio. One is a quick ratio. That's my favorite. One is a debt-to-net-worth, AR and AP, so accounts receivable and accounts payable ratios are important. And if a person has inventory in their business, that's the sixth. And the reason these are important, and I want to tie this to another, I think, little-known fact, Entrepreneurs oftentimes are bootstrap people. We've sort of pulled ourselves up. We've started this fledgling business. We love it. Uh, We want everyone else to love it, too. And we sometimes neglect uh, the business part, which involves having a relationship with a banker, and that is so critical. I could not emphasize that strongly enough. And and so it needs to, to start... The relationship with the banker needs to start really before a business is started. A lot of us don't get there. So at the very, in, in the very early stages of a business, that is huge. In fact, you know how you hear people say this thing about if, 
if you have a small business and you last for five years, you're probably good to go. <laughs> that, the, the research that supports that indicates that the people who last, the entrepreneurs who last five years, are people with really good banking relationships. And those who fold have not done that. You know, that's not 100% without a doubt. It's darn close, though. So it's really huge. And the other thing that's tied real closely to that, and you can tell that, by the way, if you walk into your bank as an entrepreneur, your banker should know your name. That's mm-hmm. a real tech point to see if you're doing this correctly. The other piece that is little known, and I just want to tag this in here, is that entrepreneurs, because we're so proud of what we've been able to do on our own, lots of times we don't go looking for a line of credit until we need it. And that is the worst possible scenario. The ideal scenario is to ask for twice as much as you need. And, of course, you've got to have a banking relationship, and you've got to have those six ratios. You've got to understand them, because just understanding them will tell you whether or not you're going to get a line of credit or a loan. And so so what is, is just huge is to ask before you need, ask for twice as much, and then to use it. Because I cannot tell you how many entrepreneurs I have heard say, well, I've got this line of credit, and, you know, we don't use it because we haven't needed it yet. Banks need to make money, too. And when the economy kind of tanked in 2000, starting in 2008, the people whose lines of, credits, lines of credit were cut were those who hadn't used them. So what is really smart for an entrepreneur to do is to draw out all or almost all of that line of credit, tuck it away somewhere, keep it out for a couple of months, and then put it all, pay it off. And then do that again. Do it once a quarter. Pull it out because that allows the bank to make a little money, which, of course, is important to them and just like it is to us to do that. And what happens is when we're using the line of credit, they, they believe, and it's right, that they have an active client. That is appealing mm-hmm. to a banker. And you're likely to see, if you follow that scenario, you're likely to see your line of credit increase, and that is helpful for every small business. Well, that, that is such um, good advice, um, and, and, and you went in depth to it so that people should now, entrepreneurs out there or potential entrepreneurs, should have a good grasp of why the financials are important. But let's kind of uh, uh, move on to another topic area. In fact, um, this was a question that was emailed to me um, and I would love to hear your take on it. Um, it is, is hiring family members a good idea? <laughs> uh, well, um, not to be wishy-washy here, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, family loyalty is a wonderful thing on many fronts. Sometimes in business, it really gets in the way of growth. So... My advice to people is if you're going to add family members or join a family business and take it over as the entrepreneurial head, you really want to to ensure that everyone, that you have engagement there, that everyone is on board regarding the goals. And you also, in my opinion, want formal agreements, Mm -hmm. buy-sell agreements. I call them business prenuptials because (laughs) the fact of the matter is it is, it is just, and you want these with your partners too, by the way. I can go into that later. But the fact of the matter is there are dynamics that exist um, in, in where there are lots of family members. And I'll tell you, I had a client not too long ago who had a leadership team of seven. Five of them were family oh. members. Oh. And, and I will tell you that 
I would, I would, I would estimate that 40% of the day was spent on family dynamics and family issues. Mm-hmm. So that's 40% of the time it's not going into the business. So it just, and you really want to know what is the agenda of, of family members who want to join. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, sort of a, a relevant fact that relates to that as well is that the people who are non-family members can feel whether it's true or not Perception is a person's reality, and they can feel really shunted to the side or not involved in the succession plan. So it takes some real extra effort for the non-family members to be brought into the fold as well. And um, I really recommend that that entrepreneurial groups who have family and non-family members, or if they just have family for that matter, in terms of running the business, that they do a retreat every year, that they get a recommitment every year of, of energy as well as to the vision and the goals that have been established, that they are a part of creating that future. There are so many human dynamics that need to go in if you're going to have family members in your business. And those are some very good points. And like you, I've had experience in, in coaching uh, businesses where there are family members. It was family-owned. And... Um, I think the most important thing to remember is to have an an agreement like that prenuptial that you talk about, where you, making sure everyone's on the same page in terms of 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 the goals and where the company's going, and also that people understand what the roles are and uh, succession planning. Um, if I could just jump in there, I just want to say one thing. When, when entrepreneurs start a business, one of the things that they should do as a part of that starting process, in my opinion, is to have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the reason that applies to this family uh, topic is that I have run into, and I bet you have too, so many entrepreneurs who really, in their mind, their vision is that they will develop this business, make it incredibly successful, hand it over to their children to continue and, boy, if I had a buck for every time I've seen kids <laughs> not want that. Um, so it's really clear to, to know where people want to end up. And, and that's even more pronounced where you've got family members. Or the other thing is that the entrepreneur uh, says he's going to turn over the reins to a specific person, could be a fa- you know, family member, um, and then won't. Uh, holds on to it. So that causes another problem. And that's why we do need clarity on that. Um, I'd like to move on to another question that was asked. And um, it is how about this myth? If you own your own business, you're your own boss. Ha ha. Can you talk about that? I will tell you that I, I, when I started my consulting firm in 1980, I will tell you that I thought that that was going to be the case. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, because instead of having one boss, what I, which I had, well, actually I didn't have one in corporate America either, but the four or five I had in corporate America, mm-hmm. everyone with whom you deal becomes your boss as an entrepreneur. And I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are poorly prepared for that, um, just maybe haven't thought it through. But the fact of the matter is every vendor, certainly every customer or client, um, any anyone and employees are your bosses too, because they have agendas as well, and you want to make sure those are tracking. Everybody you come in contact with, we serve at their pleasure, 
And it is, um, I think that many times that's the unknown factor of how many hours a day most entrepreneurs work. Somebody said the other day, I said something about a 12-hour day, and they said, oh, goodness, that was a long day. And I said, no, that was a short one because, (laughs) you know, 12 hours is nothing in an entrepreneurial world. I don't know that that has to be, and I don't know that that's the greatest plan. And I do know that particularly in those first five years, it's almost always there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have about a minute before uh, our next break. Uh, What else can you talk about in that minute about the idea of being your own boss? What other misconceptions are there? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I don't know if this is a misconception, but a lot of people have said to me, uh, because I started out home-based, and, mm-hmm. and I said my guest bedroom was world headquarters, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people said, well, how did you motivate yourself? And I said, my mortgage. I mean, it was really <laughs> simple to me. I needed to make this go because I had a payment to make every month. But more than that, most entrepreneurs are achievement-oriented. It's a part of the entrepreneurial profile, along with not liking repetition. And Mm -hmm. so it actually, for me, I was my own toughest boss is the point here. And and I would do whatever it required in order to make that business go. So And I was the hardest taskmaster. So I had this multitude of bosses, and I was the one who was the toughest. Well, you know, um, I, I totally agree. Um, that we entrepreneurs can be the toughest on ourselves, and that we need others to reaffirm um, that we are doing we are doing good work. So let's hold that thought. And now it's time for a short break. Uh, this is Marcia Zidel, your Smart Moves Coach. You're listening to the Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's Business Channel. When we return. Uh, My guest, Lynn O'Neill, will uh, give us more insights into being a successful entrepreneur, especially she's going to be talking about some of the resources out there for you. So stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidel, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at SmartMovesCoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, this is Marsha's Idol, and my guest is Lynn O'Neill talking about being a successful entrepreneur. Uh, uh, the next thing to be looking at, and, and I think this is going to be so valuable, is what resources are there available for entrepreneurs? Because you know, some of us, as you mentioned, are, you know, may office out of our home initially. Uh, we don't have, if we came from corporate America, we no longer have all those resources that were there for us. So what are the, the three or four or five best resources for entrepreneurs? Well, I can go this, do this really quickly. And I would encourage every listener for this program to at least visit, take a look at these five. The first is the SBA office, the Small Business Administration. They're a great source of loans for small business. They're a great advocate for small business. And actually, President Obama has a, the SBA head in his cabinet. She is now going on to some other ventures. I'm assuming he will replace her. But the SBA is, is critical, in my opinion, to uh, backing small business. And a part of the SBA organization is the Small Business Development Centers of the SBDC. There's one in every county in the United States of America. And I will tell you that if you are thinking of starting a business, you've never written a business plan, you don't know if, you, if the name you've selected for your business is viable, just simple things like that, the startup, what, what kind of a part, what does a partnership agreement look like? You can go to the SBDC and you will have someone help you. And along that line, SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, is a phenomenal organization, been around for good heavens, many decades. And retired business executives are the people you talk with at SCORE. So particularly when you have kind of thorny issues as an entrepreneur, a SCORE office, and there's one in most communities, um, I would say a 50,000 or greater, and they are really great resources. Your bank can typically put you in touch with the SCORE and the SBA. You can go online and find the local office for the SBA and SBDC. I also want to mention a, a, a little-known uh, source of revenue for entrepreneurs, and it's an 8A status. And the reason this is important is that the federal government rewards, or, or awards, better word, awards 23 cents on every dollar of government contracts go to minority and woman-owned businesses. And there are designations associated with that, and that's important. And the 8A is in itself a designation but it is really an incredible program. It's a nine-year program. There's a mentor-protege program attached. There are all kinds of uh, wonderful support systems and really rewarding government contracts that a lot of small businesses don't even entertain. 
And so 8A, to me, is a really elegant program design and very valuable to small business. And then finally, in an SBA program, of which I'm inordinately fond because I teach it in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, is, is called the Emerging Leaders. Before its rebranding, it was called the E200. It's in 27 cities. It has, uh, it's a four-module, almost a mini-MBA, and I say that it's not a degree <laughs> program. That's my disclaimer. I will tell you, though, that it deals with uh, education on strategy, finance, sales and marketing, and resource management, and what could be more vital to small business than those topics. There also, I will tell you that this program has been around for about six years now. What we are finding is that the graduates of this program are hiring at seven times the national average, and you don't hire if you're not growing. So the education provided by this Emerging Leaders or E200 program, what is happening is people are getting the information that they need to scale their businesses up. So those are five. That's really quick, I know. Those are five resources that are available to every small business, every entrepreneurial owner, and they are just a wonderful help to growth. You know, Lynn, um, I'm sure some of our listeners will probably uh, would like to uh, chat with you or at least email you uh, maybe to get more information. And I know that at the end, you're going to give some contact information uh, about how to uh, how to get a hold of you. But uh, um, would that be okay for them to email you to get more information about these five programs? Absolutely. I'd be happy to help. And then I would like to add a six, and it, it, it has to do with what I call, and there's different terms out there, ma- mastermind groups, business roundtables, peer coaching groups. Um, b- being with, um, in a group with others who are dealing with similar issues. Um, the idea is if you're a small business owner, uh, you're so focused on your business and, and, and growing your business that y- y- you almost become isolated from others. And have you had experience either uh, leading these kinds of groups or can talk a bit about uh, groups that help that sort of are peer coaching or support groups for business owners? Absolutely. And I will tell you that local newspapers and local radio stations are the best resources if you're not familiar with organizations like this in whatever area the listeners live in. I just started a group in Dallas that I, I'm really excited about called Entrepreneurs. And we've had close to 100 in attendance for both of the previous two monthly meetings. And I am so proud of the entrepreneurs who are breaking loose and doing this. My rule of thumb for any entrepreneurial person, any, any biz, small business owner, is that you need to be attending a minimum of two networking events per week, two, and, um, and collecting the business cards, following up. There is business to be had there. Over and above that, entrepreneurs also serve a real community function. We're kind of the glue in communities, is my opinion, and networking is another way to do that. If I can be the glue for a good, strong community while I'm also building my business for me, that's the best of all worlds. So I would do that. And I would look for the organizations um, that, are, that service small businesses. And, again, in the newspapers, on the radio stations, you can Google. I don't know what we did before Google, but we can Google entrepreneurial organizations. Meetups are in most cities, and there are many entrepreneurial um, groups that, that use that vehicle to get together. So... It's, you can find one, if you started your business on a Thursday and 
1992, there's a group for you, and, and the same for any other date or any other condition. So it is really important to do that networking. Those are business builders. And, um, you know, I know when we talked, the last thing you were going to be talking about is um, networking, and, and we sort of got into that topic area right now. Um, what else should uh, business owners know about networking? I mean, there is so much out there. Um, and you think we would have learned uh, about effective networking, but I have seen many um, missteps when I go to these networking meetings from people not having their business cards or up-to-date business cards. What else, what can you tell, you know, what have you seen and, and uh, what are some good best practices for networking? Well, one of them is to really refine the elevator speech. And what you just mentioned about not having up-to-date business cards or not having any business cards, oh, my, that is that, that it should never happen with an entrepreneur. In fact, I will just tell you that when I started my, my consulting business, I had a guy who gave me the best advice I've ever gotten for small business. He said, don't ever let a conversation end without saying something about what you do. Mm. And it's not pushy. It's not... It uh, doesn't have to take an inordinate amount of time, and it is vital for success, I believe. So having an elevator speech and really refining that, and one of the, the common mistakes there, and I'm sure you've had people on this show who have talked about this, people just recite a resume. That is not of interest, particularly, at least not initially, to a potential customer or client. What is really important is what we can do for them. So refining that elevator speech so that what it says is, this is what I can do for you or someone you know. That is huge. And the other thing, golly, and people forget this, is people say, uh, let me give you my card. Give me a call if I can help you. And I think that is a classic error because never do that. Give your card, get their card, and say, I will call you next Wednesday at 2 and see when I can get on your calendar. And that is just a huge and vital part of effective networking. Well, you know, the other thing that um, I would advise um, is, and I think this is what bothers me, because I just had this right before coming on to uh, hosting this, is I get a call from someone I don't know who wants me to advertise in whatever it is that they are uh, uh, selling. And um, it was it was literally a cold call. So can you talk a little about more warm calling? Because I think you alluded to it. Because I was really turned off by it, and I said just just send me information via email um, to get that person off the phone. So well, warm calling is incredible. But part of part of my advice for for anyone, and certainly for entrepreneurs, is never throw away a business card. I'm a card scan person, so I scan them in, and they go into my phone book, and I categorize them. And, and I believe that is huge. Today, we are so lucky because we have something like LinkedIn. And you can go in LinkedIn and search if you're looking for an industry or you're looking for a company or if you're looking for a specific contact, for sure. You can, you can use LinkedIn to generate a list, and you can ask for an introduction or you can write a very brief and very tactful note. And I will tell you, I have had, personally and professionally, I've had really great luck with that. So a warm introduction... Um, what I found is that when I first started out, I had to make 100 cold calls to get 10 appointments. I had to go through 10 appointments to get one day of work. Or, I'm sorry, to write a proposal. I'd write 10 proposals to get one day of work. Those were really horrible odds. That has been just, my success rate has jumped incredibly in using LinkedIn 
to find the right person, the right company in the right industry. So anytime we can get a warm call, a warm call, and I will tell you that some people are hesitant to ask for help. I believe that something that entrepreneurs often forget is that people always want to help us, virtually always. We have to tell them how to do that. So, because they don't know our businesses and they don't know what will be most helpful at the time. So that's another, it's another part of networking is to put what your needs really are. I need uh, an introduction. I would really love to have an introduction to XYZ person at XYZ company. That is perfectly acceptable. In fact, it's a very positive way to network. Well, thank uh, you, you know, Lynn, uh, thank you for that, because I think you mentioned LinkedIn, and we, uh, I had a guest on LinkedIn back in uh, June, and uh, please go to the uh, Business Edge uh, website, and you can listen to Wayne Breitbart talk about how to use LinkedIn more effectively. Well, uh, listeners, it's time for our, our break. Um, this is Marcia Zidle, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to the Business Edge, taking the growing pain out of growth. When we come back, uh, I'll ask Lynn for one of the best keepers that she can tell you and how to uh, contact her. Stay tuned. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidle, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. 
Um, my guest is Lynn O'Neill, and I have one last question for her, which is to give us uh, entrepreneurs and listeners one keeper, one thing that she would like us to remember from this program. What is it, Lynn? Test for how effectively you are, you are running your business. And the test is to take a two-week vacation and not to call the business. And the reason that that's important is if you have staffed correctly, if you have delegated and outplaced directly, if you have great relationships with your banker and with your CPA and with all of these and your vendors, then the fact of the matter is your business will run and you will get to go and have a vacation. There are many entrepreneurs who never do this. And I believe that it is one of the chief measures of success. So that's, for me, that's the takeaway. Could you leave? Can you leave for two weeks from your business? And when you come back, will it still be vital and functioning well? <laughs> and I bet if you, if they uh, listen to what you've said and, and take your advice, it will be vital. So Lynn, uh, uh, tell the listeners in a minute or so uh, how they can contact you and what else you would like to tell them. Okay, great. You can contact me by phone or text at 214-557-6555. So 214-557-6555. My email is Lynn, and my first name is spelled L-I-N. So it's Lynn at futures Consulting. Dot com, or you can go on and send me an invitation to connect on LinkedIn. So you can just you can search for Lynn L I N O'Neill, and I would be happy to accept if you put in your note that you heard this uh, recording and this radio program, and you would like to connect. I would be more than happy to do that. The other thing I just want to say real quickly is I have a couple of books coming out this fall. I have one book already, which is Managing High-Maintenance Employees, which also applies to vendors and family members and customers. So uh, that's a plug for that book. I have two coming out this fall. One is called Leaders in Drag, and one is called Status Quo <laughs> is Not a Happy Place. Well, thank you so much, Lynn, for your insights, and I'm looking forward to your books. Thank now, you for having me on. You're welcome. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. The generation divide. Listeners, is there one? Here's a recent experience I had that got me thinking about working with people who are in different age groups. As a volunteer usher at a performing arts organization, I was given the wrong sign-in sheet by a millennial, also known as Generation Y, who was chatting away with another staff member. Later, it was brought to my attention by that same person who said to me, you signed the wrong sheet. There was no apology or taking of responsibility. My first reaction was annoyance thinking, it was your mistake, not mine. Don't you know I've been working much longer than you? You should show me some respect. Where's your work ethic? Yes, I was thinking that. But once I got out of my righteous indignation, I looked back and realized 
that maybe I need to take some responsibility for not paying more attention in the first place. Also in the past, when I observed her in action as she dealt with the patrons, she was very professional. So what's going on here? For the first time, we now have four and some say five generations in the workplace, which presents interesting challenges and opportunities. So much has been written about the differences in traits, expectations, styles, preferences. But I'm wondering if we should also be looking at what are the similarities. The Center for Creative Leadership asked this question. Is it possible to work and manage people from all generations effectively without pulling your hair out? Actually, I add without putting your hair out because I hear a lot of people say, I just can't work with these people, whoever these people are. What the Center for Creative Leadership said was absolutely, you can work with people from all generations effectively. From their research, they came up with the following truths about people, no matter what generation they're in. First and foremost, we want leaders who are credible and effective. Age is not a factor. Trust is. Second, very few people really like change. Resistance to change has nothing to do with age. It is all about how much one has to gain or lose with that change. Third, we want to do our jobs well and to have the skills and resource, resources necessary to do it. The ability and desire to learn continues throughout life. And, and fourth, loyalty depends on the context, not on the generation. People stay or leave a company based on their boss, opportunities, stage of life, and other factors. Finally, everyone desires to be respected and valued. We just may define it or want it in a different way. So here's your smart moose tip. If you focus on the similarities rather than the differences, you can look past the stereotypes and become a more effective leader to people of all ages. So the next time you start thinking negatively about a specific age group or person, stop asking yourself, Why, what do we have in common that I can tap into? How can I see them or the situation differently? Listeners, what are your thoughts about the generation divide? Is there one? Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. I want to hear your ideas. You're listening to Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Next week's program is Business Strategy and GPS Navigation. How do you do it right? My guest is Dr. Yoram Solomon, who is the Vice President of Corporate Strategy for Interface Corporation and the inventor of PenView. He will share his recent five-year journey since joining a 34-year-old public technology company in 2008 to its transformation in 2013. 
Tune in Wednesday, July 31st at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern to hear insights from an expert on real-world strategic planning, the process, the challenges, and lessons from its implementation. I would like to end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world, those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Call me now for a free consult at 972-380-9181 or email me at marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in every week, 11 uh, a.m. Pacific, for The Business Edge with Marsha Zidel, the Smart Moves executive coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. Innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 